1: wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All the best from Big Beats.
1: Listening. Damn.
0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Damn Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Machado, and joined with me, as always, each week is Beaver Blitz beat writer, Jake Hedberg. Jake, it has been a minute since we've done a podcast.
1: It definitely has. been What, three weeks now?
0: Yeah, I think so. We've done a couple of Twitter spaces, which yeah. those are totally fun, um, but we had a lot of people asking for a podcast, so we decided to, um, and this is really where we kind of want to be, um, the space we want to be. So we're doing a pod. And I, I don't even know what we're going to talk about today, Jake. There's like nothing going on for in sure. Beaverland. It, it's been a little nuts. And in fact, right before we, we go live here, um, Washington Supreme Court went ahead and just said they did not want to uh, look at the PAC-2 versus the Traitorous 10 So that stay has been lifted. So that is good news right now for Oregon State and Washington's, Washington State. Um, as it gives them again uh, governance over the the best interests of the Pac-12 going forward. We're not going. That isn't even on our rundown today, but um, that is some big news. I doubt we've seen the end of all this, but it lets Oregon State at least um, and the Cougs move forward and and do some things there. But we have a lot to talk about. I a mean, quick rundown of the show today. We're going to talk coaching hires with Coach Bray at the helm, um, who he's bringing on, who is who he is expected to bring on for those last few spots. We're going to talk transfer portal. It's kind of been the, the news that we've um, been talking about now for the past week or two. Uh, transfer portal and the decommits. So who Oregon State has lost to the portal and which decommits or which uh, prospects have decommitted. We're going to flip it then and look at the commits, um, the guys that are sticking with Oregon State as of right now, and and then what transfer portal guys have joined Oregon State. We'll talk some also kind of about the visitors this weekend. This is the last big visit weekend. Prior to early signing period. We're going to talk needs. Jake and I are gonna break down kind of where State needs to go from here. Signing day preview, and then a huge mailbag. So if you have questions and you're watching us live, make sure to pop comments into the comment section. We'll try to get to those um, throughout the episode. But it's it's been a it's been kind of crazy. And I apologize if you see a bunch of junk behind me, it's because I'm I'm still a mom and I'm trying to get some Christmas stuff done and it hasn't really happened. So um, I have ordered some things online and it's behind me. And I have not had a chance to wrap presents. I haven't had a chance to bake cookies, anything that my kids like. So it's a bit, a little crazy, Jake, you just got home. How was, first of all, first off, how was finals?
1: It was pretty stressful, but all in all, it wasn't too bad. I only had one test and then a few papers, but pretty successful term. Excited okay. for a month off a, a month off and just focus on the bowl game, signing day and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. So first whole term as a Beaver Blitz, well, you you work spring, but this was this was uh we, we just threw you right in the fire.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: coaching search, commits, decommits. So um you're doing a great, great job, Jake. So thank you for that. Um, let's talk coaching hires because that's that's, it. that's you know, we haven't had a podcast, I guess, since our emergency pod when when Coach Smith left, but we're not focusing on the, the coaches that left and don't want to be a part of Oregon state. We cover Oregon state. We're going to talk Oregon state. So Trent Bray was hired. You and I were at the press conference where it was, where he was introduced. Um, he put, has put a, he was hired very quickly and then he's put together a staff very quickly. Let's, let's just talk offense for, for a little bit. So there's several guys in right now they're in Corvallis, They are on the recruiting trail. So we'll start with the offensive coordinator, Ryan Gunderson, former Oregon State quarterback. Uh, Kyle Devan is the offensive line coach and, again, a former Beaver. John Boyer was elevated from quarterback – I mean, was he –
1: Offensive quality control.
0: Okay. So he worked with quarterbacks Mm -hmm. under the last staff. He is now um, a full-time assistant working with tight ends. Kefense Hinson will remain on with wide receivers. And we are expecting Thomas Ford – to come on as running back coach. He is currently running back coach and special teams coach at Idaho, Um, which that one could be an exciting hire just because of some of the uh, connections he has brother Tracy Ford um, with Ford sports performance. Um, Thomas Ford, I believe played at Linfield and has tons of ties in the Northwest. Give me your breakdown Jake of this offensive staff.
1: You know, the first hire that kind of stands out is, is Thomas Ford. If, if it does happen at this point, we are expecting it. Um, Thomas Ford's a great recruiter. Um, I have multiple friends and old teammates that play up in Idaho, uh, and and they just rave about him. He's a great coach. He's someone the players really relate to a lot. And I think I think he will be the best recruiter on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I can't. I, I mean, just the connection with Tracy Ford at FSP. Those guys are some studs. I mean, Oregon State in this class, they've got um, Durant, a team FSP guy. They're consistently training out three-star, four-star, and even five-star prospects. Um, and to have that built-in connection is going to be huge recruiting-wise. And then flipping over to, to more of the coaching side, I'm really excited to see what, uh, what Ryan Gunderson does, being able to be fully in charge of an offense. You know, he has never called plays before, but that's going to change. I'm um, excited to see what he does with the quarterbacks is he didn't necessarily have the full opportunity to do so at UCLA, you know, Chip Kelly was still kind of running the show over there. And then Kyle DeVan, um, I love his hire. You know, he seems really enthusiastic on social media. He's already been really recruiting. Well, i i thought, you know, he's got one commit already, multiple guys talking to that are heavily interested in, overall i think this staff is shaping up very well
0: yeah i i think the overarching theme for this entire staff is the 30 grinders you know i've heard you know some maybe some concern that this staff isn't maybe as um polished or has as, as much experience as, as some had hoped what i see on this on the list of coaches is just a, a group that is going to grind they know what it's like at oregon state they want to be at oregon state and um tireless recruiters Flipping over to the defensive side, um, defensive coordinator, we are expecting Keith Hayward to come back in that role. Um, it has not been announced yet, but we are expecting that to, uh, to be named probably around Christmas. He's right now, w- um, with the Las Vegas Raiders, um, just named though, defensive line coach Eliza Tuiaki. He returns after a one year stint at Oregon state, um, with Kalani Sataki. um, and then was at BYU again, tireless recruiter. So this is going to be interesting to see um, offensive line coach or um, outside linebacker coach has not been named, but we believe it's Brandon Hooper, Huppert, um, who is currently working with the outside linebackers inside linebackers coach is AJ Cooper, who uh, comes back to Oregon State after being a, a quality control coach. Um, was at Sac State as a, as a linebacker coach, and then coaching DV, DBs is uh, Anthony Perkins, who is retained. Again, a tireless group of, of recruiters, and I, I think when you look at this group, um, I mean they're already hitting the trail hard. We've seen um, a lot of visitors coming in over the past, you know, seven to ten days. Um, some of them have been more quiet visits that uh, have been a little under the radar, but already seeing dividends with the number of commits from the portal from, from these guys. Um, What are are your hot takes from this defensive staff?
1: He's very recruiting heavy. And I think that's a good thing. Um, Trent Bray is obviously a great defensive mind. I I think, I still think even though he's not the defensive coordinator his the defense is going to be his, I might imagine he's going to be calling coverages, plays, all that. Um, Keith Hayward is a hell of a coach and he's a great recruiter as well. I, I feel like this hires probably the biggest one that Trent made. Great hire. He's going to be able to recruit very well. And then Coach Cooper and, uh, t- is it Tuiaki? I- Tuiaki. Tuiaki. That was another great hire, I think. Um, those two stand out as really energetic guys that are going to go out there and hit the recruiting trail hard. And I already think you're seeing it pay dividends. I mean, we've already got – a defensive line commit, uh, an inside linebacker commit that hasn't announced yet. The the recruiting momentum of the staff has already established in a week or two is pretty impressive.
0: It is is crazy. So uh, I know we can't let Beaver Blitz members or or podcast listeners in on every little detail, but if you guys knew some of the juice that's going on in the Valley Center and some of the commitments that um, could be happening... In the next, you know, couple of days, it, it's pretty remarkable. So um, we have Rip City here that just said he's heard different things um, about Jake Cookis. Is he being retained or not? That is one we have not been able to confirm right now. I'm thinking probably not. He hasn't been named like the other uh, retentions that they had. The first group that included um, Henson and Perkins. So I don't know. We have not heard that. If he is, I believe they're already at the 11 coaches, so he would probably be um, an off-field the assistant or a a quality control or or some type of role outside of... Yeah, so I don't know. A
1: a defensive analyst or somewhere along those lines. That's that's kind of what I'm feeling, um, just a gut.
0: Yeah, we have not heard anything on Jake Cookus. So um, he is... he is though um, coaching for the for the bowl game. That's something else. That's not even on our run rundown as the bowl game. Something else we could talk about. And somebody brought up actually it was JRU one and then my son just texted me. Damian Martinez can play in the bowl game. So I guess that before we, we talk about some of the decommitments, we've talked about coaches. The other big news this morning or today was um, Damien Martinez, DA, is not um, filing charges. So he is, um, I believe, on his way back to Corvallis from Texas to get ready to play in the bowl game. So that is is good news um, for for Damien and for the Beavers. Um, gosh, see, so much we could talk about. We could probably spend an entire hour talking about this court case, even though, um, you know, it's not exactly, um, I'm not really a legal mind. We need, um, there's a couple guys that were on our Twitter space, actually, that are all over it. Um, Okay. Let's talk. Let's, this is going to all be kind of a a primer for signing day. Signing day, Jake, what are your thoughts? I'm feeling like this signing day is maybe going to be the early signing period on December 20th, maybe a little um, slow. There'll be some transfer portal guys, but what I I feel like it's going to lead up to a busier February signing period. What what is your gut feeling there?
1: My gut feeling is more of the same. I do feel like this next Signing day on Wednesday. I do feel like it'll be quieter. I think from the prep side, you'll see maybe at most seven to eight kids sign. Um, I've I've confirmed one of I've confirmed with one of the recruits, uh, Dexter Foster. He is 100% signing. Um, outside of that, things are still up in the air. Um, I know Terrell Kim is was visited last night. He's down uh, in Phoenix. Uh, his Arizona state right now as well. So that one could go either way. Um, Exodus Ayers has been quiet. Hasn't really, haven't really heard a whole lot from him. Same with, with Malachi Durant. Um, Sikorsky, same thing. Um, you know, these kids are still trying to figure out what's the best move for them. And I, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked to see, wouldn't necessarily be shocked to see some, some of the kids that are committed sign eventually, but in February, r- r- rather than on Wednesday. Um, but I do feel like there there should be a decent amount of transfer portal. Don't be shocked if, if, if there's a few JUCO guys as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, Oregon State offered a running back this morning, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him sign on Wednesday as well.
0: Yeah, these these young men, you know, some you know, like for example, Dexter Dexter Foster out of Central Catholic, Portland he was offered by Trent Bray. That's what, who his relationship is with. He's solid. He's excited to be a beef. Some of these guys though, the entire staff that recruited them has moved on. So um, it's a chance they need to kind of get to know the the staff kind of get a feeling kind of for the the offense or the defense defense will probably be, you know, basically the same, but the offensive guys will want to kind of get a a better feel for that. Um, And, and just get to know the coaches a little bit. So I do, I think, you know, we, it's actually been, several years since we've had a really exciting February signing day. So um, it could be kind of fun. I, I do think we have a couple surprises lined up for Wednesday, um, especially with a Juco, Juco player or two, and then transfer portal guys. I think we could have a few more announcements there, especially after this weekend. Um, let's let's, before we talk more about kind of needs and, and where we're going there, let's just kind of give everyone an update of who's out right now. Um, the list of decommits since the coaching change includes, it's, it's a list, so um, Rustin Young and Kai Burnett, Peyton Stewart, Wyatt Hook, Andrew Brinson, Makai Frazier, Brandon Tullis, Rakeem Johnson. Um, portal departures then also include DJ Uyungalale, Aiden Childs, Jermaud McCoy, Easton Mascarenas, Akili Arnold, Jack Velling, and Atticus Sappington. It's a big chunk um, what do you, do you feel that most of those decommits are heading to Michigan or Michigan state?
1: Tolis, Frazier and hook already committed. So there's three, uh, I would imagine Rakeem Johnson's probably going to follow Michigan state, uh, Peyton Stewart, another one that decommitted, uh, kind of a BYU Michigan state toss up, uh, at the moment, I think. And then who else is there? Uh, Kike, I, yeah. I'm, I don't really know if Kike wants to go that far. Uh, it's a long way from Hawaii. Yeah. Same with Rustin. I know Arizona, Arizona State are pushing hard for him, as is Auburn. Um, Michigan State's a factor. but And Oregon State is also still in the mix for Rustin as well. Um, they're really trying hard. Coach Devan is working his butt off, um, trying to get Rustin to stay. Who else was there? Rustin. Oh, and then uh, Brinson, I would imagine, is going to commit to Michigan State as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then Portal, um, Jermon McCoy has blown up, which...
1: Four-star on 247's transfer portal rating.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, totally blown up. Has offers from basically everyone. It's nuts. Um, So it'll be interesting, you know... But like I said, we don't really want to dwell on on the guys that are are not wanting to be a part of things. Um, I'm just going to look through. We have a lot of comments here. So I want to just kind of look here. What? I don't want to miss anything that um, we talked about Kim. Have you heard anything? Jared Hooper. Have you heard anything about Jared Gerard or Jared Christian Lippenhan? I was half expecting him to commit after his visit. Um, I've heard good things. I mean, I've, I've heard it went really well. So um, kind of been waiting to see, see mode on that offensive lineman from Colorado. Best Beaver Day in a while. Yes, it is Beaver Believer. It's a great day. It's it's always a good day to be a Beaver though, right? Um, Thomas Newell, rumor that Justin Woods, former Arizona State coach, is being considered for OSU staff. Thoughts? Um, well, I believe the 10 on-field assistants have already been figured out so that would be a non-coaching role maybe an analyst or some type of um, internal assistant um, have not heard that yet but right now we've kind of jake and i've turned our attention all toward recruiting so if we hear anything about him um we'll post it in the lodge but i have um, not heard any more about any support staff or analysts okay jake okay let's here's a question about wanting to know jake who's your top three in order for transfer qbs um but let's let's skip let's just talk about additions here um so it's been a busy couple days for you jake you're not only trying to get through you got through finals but there were five commitments yeah that you had to to get ready um, so let's just run down the list nick norris is an edge rusher from northern colorado anthony hankerson running back from colorado van wells center from colorado mason white cornerback from tcu and then Jacoby Thomas, safety from Middle Tennessee State. That one was a big one. I know there had been some some talk in the lodge. Jake called it a huge, and then it, it took a day. It took 24 hours for him to announce. Give us your thoughts on those additions.
1: I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Jacoby Thomas. Um, Oregon State in the secondary, they lose both their starting safeties with Katan graduating, Achille Arnold transferring to most likely SC. Um, but well, there's, there's a Thomas, couple of technical
0: Texas is in the mix there too, and yeah. Arizona's in the mix. So no, no. it's, it's gonna it be much. a wild ride yeah. for those two.
1: Jacoby Thomas is legit. He is scholarship offers from Texas AM, Auburn, Ole Miss, hometown Tennessee. And he chose Oregon State, which I think that, that speaks to the job that Trent Bray is doing. Really selling this place to kids. You know, Oregon State doesn't have a conference home. That's true. But Trent Bray is still finding a way to get the job done. Jacoby Thomas will be a starter, I would imagine, at one of the safety spots. He had four interceptions in 2022. Hard hitter. He he kind of reminds me of a mixture of Catan physically with the ball skills of like a Jaden Grant. Just a nose for the, the, the football. Uh, block kicks as well. we really just a great all-around player. Um, the biggest one on the offensive side, I think, is Han Wells. Um, Wells, you may look at the Colorado offensive line from last year and assume he might not be very good just due to the lack of success that the Colorado's front or that Colorado's offensive line had, but Van Wells was not the problem. He was by far the highest graded, uh, pass blocker on that team. He, I think he had a PFF grade of around like 81, which would have been second or third best out of all the Oregon state offensive well, offensive linemen. Uh, I think that's higher than Jake Levin goods actually. So, Oregon State at the center spot, they're going to be good next year. This was a great addition. Uh, familiarity, Kyle DeVan coached them at Colorado in 2022. He committed to Kyle DeVan. Um, and then Hankerson as well, the running back out of Florida, the Colorado transfer. I feel like that was a great get. Kind of reminds me of Jam Griffin. He's a smaller back, the change of pace guy is 5'9, 195. Well, Damon, as in Newell Broton, 220s and 230s. Wouldn't be shocked to see Hankerson utilized as a third down back uh, in 2024. Overall, just really excited about all five of these guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, and they, they address needs, um, and I don't think the bees are done. Mason White's another interesting one, because yeah. last year Oregon State was after him out of the JUCO ranks. It was down to t- TCU and Oregon State. He chose TCU, and now um, looks like he may have decided he made a mistake in going to Oregon State. So um, the other – I think – The defensive backfield could, I mean, first of all, I'm going to need your help, Jake, because we could seriously have three Thomases in the defensive backfield. I
1: don't know. I mean, at at the moment, I think all three of those guys are probably going to start too.
0: Yeah. No, it could be Noble, Skyler and and Jacoby. (laughs) Um, So there's, there's guys there um, that can come in and make instant impacts. Um, Hang on. I'm just, I'm looking here through some notes too that I didn't want to. um, So there's been visitors all week. End of the weekend. Um, We have a a question here from Sean Buchanan. How did the visit go with Jordan Anderson? I really didn't hear much about it. He's there now. So um, we don't uh, follow up with these guys until they're done on visits. So um, he is in Corvallis as we speak. But I think the big one, I think the big topic we, we need to talk about, and this is kind of where everybody is going, is quarterback. Oregon State, with the departure of DJ and Aiden, needs a quarterback. So there's been, I would say, the top ones right now on Oregon State's board include Cam Fancher. Uh He is a transfer from Marshall. Giovanni McCoy out of Idaho, and Mal- uh, Malik Murphy out of Texas. So, Jake, I know you have strong feelings. Let's let's hear your thoughts here.
1: We have a favorite here. Uh, I would love to see Malik as our starting quarterback next year. This kid is legit. He's 6'5", 240 arm. He's, he has a cannon for an arm. He he physically, I think, is similar to DJU, but stronger. Uh, and I think he may have a stronger arm, too. You stronger know were, arm than DJU? Oh, he is a cannon. Like, okay. he, he is a cannon. He kind of – my comparison for him is like a Joe Milton from Tennessee where okay. – the decision making can be kind of irritating at times. You know, he had three interceptions and three touchdowns this year, but the physical skills and, like, the natural t- tool set that he possesses is really not comparable to any one Oregon State's seen. He, he is a legit talent, and getting him on campus, I think, was a huge step. Um, I mean, t- 24-7 has him as their number four overall ranked quarterback in the transfer portal above dj and to get him on campus for visits huge and hopefully he does have a good relationship with coach gundy hopefully oregon state can f- figure out a, a way to swing him into the black and orange next year
0: yeah i, I know he's visiting duke today tomorrow or tomorrow or t- tomorrow he's coming here he's maybe tomorrow on sunday In so state sunday. um it's huge. I, I know he has a huge, a good relationship with Manny Diaz, and he mm-hmm. is now at Duke. Yeah. So that's that's. I think Duke fans are counting that that's the the ticket. However, he's a West Coast guy, so it oh, um, has a great happens. relationship with yeah. Gundy.
1: Yeah, I. So if he wants to come back to the West Coast, I I feel like this is Oregon State's guy.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think seeing you know who's out there, Ty Thompson. There's been you know a lot. I know there's been a lot of buzz about Ty Thompson from fans. I I don't believe he is. Oregon State's top prospect um, at the moment. So not to say that you see he,
1: those three guys.
0: Yeah, the, the three the three guys are, mm. who we just talked about are kind of the three that we're hearing. Um, but there is so much going on, you guys. I, I think um, the Valley Center is buzzing. There's you know it changes by the hour. Um, and then you know the the amount of negative recruiting that goes on. Oregon State's always dealt with some negative recruiting, but um, the the amount of things that are being said about Oregon State and the pac Two right now is is unreal. So um, these guys have to kind of tune out some noise and, and listen to the coaches. Coaches know this. I mean, they, they have to address the fact that um, Oregon State's not right now in a, in a major conference. But I, I think just the win today um, in, in court that um, maybe some progress can be made um, there will, will be big. Um, but quarterback is obviously the biggest I th- a position of need, I think, right now. Um, And then there will be, you know, a prep as well. You know, they'll have to go after a prep quarterback as well. Um, I I see a question here, Jim Rector. You might have missed. We talked about running back coach earlier in the show. We expect Thomas Ford, um, running back coach at Idaho, to be named uh, running back coach at Oregon State. So that's what what we're going with, and that's what we have heard. So, um, and then Jim Rector, no Ty Thompson. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm saying he's not, like, the top – target right now so that's i know like i said beaver fans are kind of like all over this ty thompson thing and um not like i said not to say he won't but um there's some other guys in the hopper that they're looking at okay so um right now so we've already talked about dexter foster being 100 percent. have you heard from any of the other guys yet as we prepare for signing day
1: I'm pretty confident in the Prime Hill kid as well signing. Okay, um, yeah. For um, th- those two in- hey kids. I know T- Terrell Kim is signing on Wednesday. Yeah, because he so, wants
0: to – he's enrolling in January. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of whether it's the Oregon State, Arizona State, and then Fresno State's pushing for Terrell as well. Haven't heard anything from Exodus or Malachi. Uh, Sikorsky has been re- really quiet. Um, not anticipating him signing. Um, one thing I have noticed is that Devan has been offering a lot of high school kids, so that tends that kind of leads me to think that Sikorsky will not end up at Oregon State. Um am my missing? Sikorsky.
0: Um Connington.
1: Uh yeah, Ayers. I haven't really heard anything from
0: Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So um he's a kicker, punter. Um, yeah, and, and Malachi it's Durant. Quiet. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been pretty quiet. So um, like I said. And, and Thomas Newell said, "High school recruiting is dead. It with the transfer portal and high school recruit. It, it is. I mean, I feel bad for a lot of these high school kids who are maybe getting overlooked because the portal. But um, again, that's another another day, another discussion. Um, it was not on our. We're going to take a quick break in a minute, but um, it wasn't on our rundown, Jake. But I do let's. I do want to touch on the bowl game briefly before we jump to the mailbag. But um, we're going to take a quick break for the podcast side, um, and then we'll be back." Um, you won't, we won't disappear live, but, um, we're just going to jump, take a quick break to plug in some ads for 24 seven, and then we'll be back. But if you're not a member of Beaver Blitz, now is the time to join. We are offering 50% off a year membership, or you can just jump on for a month, join us for a month and uh, see everything that's going on in the lodge. Uh, all the, the coaching, the coaching news has been updated. And I am very proud to say we've been a hundred percent on, on what we've said. And, uh, it's it's place to be if you guys want some inside information there. Um, we'll be back in just a second though with the rest of the damn podcast. Okay, we're back for the second half of the damn podcast. Special December edition. Okay, we're going to a little special. We talked a ton about portal. Um, I do, We do, I guess, want to talk a little bit about needs um, since we've been talking about. So right now, Oregon State has the 2DB portal commits, the edge rusher, running back, and the center. Offensively, Jake, what do you want to see Oregon State do to maybe fill some gaps here Aside from quarterback, in the in the in the short term,
1: the first one that comes to mind. Um, but outside of that, I would like to see them add another proven receiver um, and another tight end as well. Receiver wise, really Silas Bolden, Jimmy Balson are the only two proven guys. Jeremiah Noga and Trent Walker have played. Um, but outside of that, it's a whole lot of freshmen and redshirt freshmen. You know, guys like Zach Card. David Wells, Taz Reddick, Hatton, um, that are going to have to grow up and play a lot of football next year. So I am hopeful that the coaching staff, you know, kind of pulls a, a more experienced option that can step up and be a number two or three behind Silas and Jimmy next year. And then tight end wise, Oregon State's tight ends returning had a combined three catches, Jermaine Terry had two, Bryce Caulfield had one. Um, Jack Velling's l- 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 loss was huge. That's a Um, an All-American candidate at the tight end spot that's now gone. Um, I I, I would like to see them go after another pass catcher, Jermaine Terry and um, Gabe Milborn are great blockers. But outside of that, the the two pass catching tight ends are Cooper Jensen and Bryce Caulfield. Caulfield's a walk-on from, I think he's from Lakeridge. Jensen's a redshirt freshman next year. They need another tight end. Uh, I don't don't believe they've offered any yet. but a tight end is crucial to add.
0: I do. I have heard they like the room though. They actually really like the tight end room. Um, defensively. Wh- where do you want to see additions made there?
1: The outside linebacker hacker r- room right now. Um, Chatfield's gone. John Carton's gone. Corey Stover walked at senior day. He does it over the year, but with him walking, assuming he's gone. So at the moment, Oregon State really only has two guys with game experience, and that's Nico Taylor and Olo Motosu. Both those guys play primarily on special teams, too. So getting a proven outside edge rusher, um, I think they're playing with Nick Norris right now as some play defensive line. Yeah. Um, so a pass rusher, I know they offered um, Anthony Jones, uh, former Oregon Duck who went to Indiana, who's in the portal again. So to get him he could potentially be a guy that sees some action. And then the another inside backer, just for more of the depth purposes. Um, I think Isaiah Chisholm and Jordan uh, are two really good freshmen. But beyond that, kind of uncertainty. Like Tom don't know if we're gonna see him next year just due to the fact how devastating that the knee injury was. Tefonga has been banged up, John Miller's been banged up. Um I wouldn't be shocked to see them hit the junior college ranks for an inside backer.
0: Yeah, but I agree with you. I mean, this is, you know, when, when guys leave programs, it also means opportunity for the guys that stick around. So um, this is really a shot for Melvin Jordan and Isaiah Chisholm to step up and and maybe grab that spot because uh, Calvin Hart is, is done with eligibility and then with Easton Mascarenas in the, in the portal. Um, defensive backs, I, I think, feel pretty good. There's a chance that Jaden Robinson applies for a medical hardship, which would be – it would be huge if, if he's back.
1: Okay. Secondary is shaping up. I see this as the strength of next year's defense. Um, the cornerbacks with, uh, with Jordan, Terry Ivy, Mason White, they're still pursuing a few other uh, transfer portal guys. And then the safeties, I think, are going to be really good with – Thomas's and then the other Thomas at the go back. I, I'm really liking the way the secondary is
0: starting to shift. Yeah, up. I and I agree. I think we see a few more portal guys too. So, um, it's going to be a, a new look secondary, but um, maybe an improved secondary, which uh, yeah, Drake Vickers. Somebody just Jared Hooper just reminded Drake Before's Vickers is another one. ACL
1: should be cleared by the summer, I think.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little Notre Dame. Because we haven't talked bowl game, and I know I know it stinks that Oregon State got passed over for the Holiday Bowl, but I do think the matchup with Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl might be a better matchup than Louisville in the uh, in the Holiday Bowl. Jake, you are going.
1: Yeah, I I mean I think it's a better matchup than the Ducks playing Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah,
0: yeah, completely. Um, this is this one has some some uh, swagger to it. You know, the Sun Bowl is sold out, we've been told. Um, It's Notre Dame, Oregon State. Oregon State um, has beaten Notre Dame the past two times they've played in bowl games. Um, I know you've already done an early look um, Q&A with with our Notre Dame sister site at 24-7. What are your just kind of early gut feelings about Notre Dame?
1: This is a team that, like Oregon State, they're missing a lot. Um, Sam Hartman's not playing. Audrick Estimate is not playing, their two offensive tackles aren't playing, a lot of their defense isn't playing, um, so again, kind of like Oregon State, you're going to see a lot of uh, teams, or a lot of younger guys that really haven't played a lot of football. Uh, I think the strength for Notre Dame is going to be their defense. Uh, they have a really good safety, Xavier Watts, um, he won the Bronco, the Gursky Award for the top defensive player in the country, he's a ball hawk, had seven picks, a few fumble recoveries, he's a stud. Um, I think Oregon State is going to come out and run the ball. Um, I thought they were going to do that already, but getting Dame back just kind of adds up, adds on to <laughs> that. I think he's going to have a huge day. Um, I have been told that Ben Goibras has been killing it. For what it's worth,
0: I've heard too that I've heard the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, a player told me, like, quote, not going to lie that. Ben-Go Branson's been on fire. He's been looking better than he ever has. So who knows? Maybe we come out and see Ben-Go Branson throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, Um, and then maybe all the quarterback portal news dies down. I I think it'll be interesting to see um, what happens. It'll be a good time for younger guys to get involved. Um, I'm excited to see like a Jimmy Vallison, Zach Card, I think, you know, defensively, Melvin Jordan, Isaiah Chisholm. It's going to be exciting to see these younger guys get a ton of action and really show to Beaver Nation what they can do and kind of get them excited for 2024.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be, um like you said, especially with Notre Dame now. At first, you know, when you started hearing Oregon State, all the guys that were not playing and, and opting out. It was kind of um like, oh. But now Notre Dame's in the same exact boat as Oregon State. So um yeah young guys get a chance to to do their thing um i have heard the same as you that uh, ben cobranson has been looking really good um and like you said there's jimmy balson shows some flashes that was the guy eric my husband kept you know at arizona he made that big catch and he he's can't he came in clutch a couple times so um this is their opportunity you know and this as a football player this one gets buried on depth charts some of these guys this is their shot you know this is their kind of their their shot to to make an impact with the new staff and and show what they can do
1: look for jimmy vallison to have a huge day the coach staff is going to try and feed him the ball um defense loves him um whereas previous coaches didn't necessarily uh feel the same way but he's one of coach defense his guys and i think
0: he's gonna have a huge game Okay, I, it's it's going to be fun. You are going to be down there. You and your dad taking a taking a trip to El Paso. Um, you'll have stuff for us as you can, but it's also a quick trip for you, and you'll be with your dad. So, um, but Beaver Blitz will be covering as much as we can from the bowl game and on the bowl game. Okay, are you ready for some damn questions? We've got a lot of them. A lot. Um, First one, Bevo beeve in the lodge asks, have you heard anything about strength and conditioning coach for Coach Bray's staff? Have not, but Marco Candido is still on staff, it looks like. He was the like the number two. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him stick around. But we have not heard anything official on that. Um, um go beeves to chummer. Are you in tune with the happenings for the most part or feeling left out? No. Beaver Blitz is dialed in, guys. So feeling more in tune with what's going on. Um, okay, here's here's a couple here. Let me wait. I just scrolled too far. Hang on. Sly Clydesdale. He's got a couple here. Um, how much do you take anonymous sources like MH43 seriously? How often does what they say reflect what your sources say or what makes sense to you? You follow a lot of Twitter, guys. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Tend not to believe people on Twitter um, unless it's like a a Pete Dammel or like a national 247 guy um, or like a credited reporter. You know, my kind of thing is like if you won't put your face on an account or like put your name on the line, then it's probably not accurate. Um, I mean there's a lot so, of people yeah
0: there's a lot of people that just want to be anonymous and and say they know stuff but um i i don't put a lot into it so um like like jake says if you're not going to put your your name out there and your face you know we we have we have our own sources that we we run things through but um yeah it's it, now do i follow for yes immaculate yes follow those guys because it's been kind of interesting but um they, they've been wrong, too. So a lot, I think a lot of people, not saying these guys, but there's a lot of people out there that just like to throw things out and see what sticks. Okay, favorite and least favorite holiday tradition, Jake? Tradition. Wait, oh, We don't have Jake. There he is. Okay. Uh,
1: favorite holiday traditions, probably watching NBA all day on Christmas
0: that might be my least favorite.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, least favorite holiday tradition? I, I don't know that I have one. Um, I feel like all of our traditions are pretty fun, so I don't really have a, yeah. a least favorite.
0: I, see, I, 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 my favorite, I think, traditions are the ones that lead up to Christmas. Like, I love like I usually love like doing Christmas cookies with the boys and their friends. And now that, now that they're older, they don't really want to decorate cookies, but yet they want me to make cookies. I'm like, no, if if we're not going to help, I'm not doing, I'm not going to all the work. Um, so I like all that. Um, I even, you probably can't see it, but we had the elf on the shelf when the boys are little and, uh, Fizz was his name and Fizz would always, when he showed up, would bring powdered sugar donuts and hot cocoa and leave out. So, um, My oldest comes home from college on Sunday. So Monday morning, I actually have the powdered sugar donuts, you know, the little hostess donuts that will sit out on the counter. So trying to keep it kind of kind of fun for him. So I love all that. I I love Elf and, you know, all the Christmas movies. And um, so I like all the lead up um, to Christmas. Um, Least favorite. I I don't I'm not an MBA person, so that's that's probably my my least favorite. But I'm also one. So my Christmas stuff went up super early, like second week in November, guys, because in this world with football, I had to do it. And thank God I did, because if I would have waited till Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. oh, dude, it, it wouldn't <laughs> have been up. So um, I usually put it up like if we have an away game or a bye, like the first couple weeks of November. But then I'm that person like day after Christmas, it's all coming down. Everything's cleaned up. So that's kind of how how we operate here. Um Let's see. A lot of Mountain West. We'll, we'll talk uh, schedule too. That's another one. Um, Reser twenty three. Okay. First, he wants to say thank you. Um, yeah, and he makes a good point. We post what we can in the lodge, but we also can't burn sources. And when our sources ask us to keep people quiet or keep things on the down low for the time being, we uh, try to abide by that. So. Sometimes we can't spill everything we know um, without burning some, uh, some bridges. So we just don't. Um, okay. He asked about uh, holiday tradition too. Okay. So, so far with what we know of the proposed football staff, what would you think the biggest strength of the staff will be?
1: Staff's really going to be able to recruit. And I think they've shown that already. I mean, it's not even fully put together. And two of the biggest recruiters in my mind, the two biggest, still haven't been officially hired. Um, so I'm excited to see what they'll be able to do, uh, particularly in the class of 2025.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that I think Gundy will, you know, get his take his lumps as an offensive coordinator. There's going to be games that maybe we are like, huh, what was he doing there? But I can tell you, I think that these guys will be tireless recruiters, and uh, we'll we'll get things done. Is
1: oldest? Pardon? Or is is Tuyaki the oldest coach or is Keith Hayward the oldest?
0: I have no idea.
1: It might be fans, but, but they're they're like all relatively young.
0: Yeah, they actually are. I mean, can, yeah. Young, Keith,
1: Keith Hayward's it, 45,
0: 46. Is he that old? I guess so. He's two I don't know how. Let's see if we can Two Yaki's 45. So it will be quite a kind uh, of world if your oldest coach is Keith Hayward. Yeah. Um, okay. So dad of two beefs, we have not touched on this, but Jake, give me your thoughts on the schedule that was released yesterday.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's solid. Definitely could have been better. You know, it was a little disappointing to see another game against Mountain West opponent rather than another Power 4 team. But overall, I thought Scott Barnes did a good job scheduling. um, A schedule that has a chance to get Oregon State into the college football playoff. You know, if you look at that schedule, I think every game's winnable. I think Oregon's going to be the one tough test. Washington State, it's going to be a question mark. Don't really know who they'll have next year. Um, But I think Oregon State – really matches up well i'm excited to play unlv i think that'll be a fun game um at san diego state i'm gonna travel to that one with a few of my friends so pretty excited about that um overall i th- I, th- I think it was a solid schedule
0: yeah i mean in the short time that there was and and obviously you know yes they in the perfect world they won it five power five six G5 and then the one FCS in Idaho State. But then the, there was obviously the hang up, which is why it was taking so long. And so at the end of the day, they had to just get it done. Um, it's it's not, you know, I, I don't think I, I made this comment the other day. People were asking, and it's, you know, you can't worry about the things you can't control. So um, you could either bemoan it and be angry that it's not hard enough or you say, okay, well, there's seven super fun Saturdays in yeah, and fall recent. and we're going to watch the beeves So, you, know, you you can't worry about the stuff you can't control. And, um, they did their best. So that's, you know, it would, you got to, you're, you've been dealt a hand and so you got to, you got to play it. So, um, what is your Christmas wish Jake for OSU?
1: My Christmas OSU
0: for OSU.
1: Mm. Baseball national championship. That's my. It could happen. I I, th- I think it's. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. Omaha.
0: It, Omaha could happen.
1: I think Omaha is going to happen. This team is legit. Um, I'm friends with a couple of players, and they think this is the best team they've had since 2018. They think it's better than the Jerpy Melton Boyd Meckler team in 2021. This lineup one through nine is stacked. The pitching staff's deep. Um, I think this is going to be the best team that coach Canham has had. And I think it'll, I think they'll start out as a top five team in the country and don't be shocked if they do well that second weekend in Texas, if they're ranked first in the country.
0: It, it, I'm trying to think what my Christmas wish for OSU will be. Um, my Christmas wish is just that Oregon state is able to find some success amidst the chaos over the next year or two and, um, find a home, find a conference home. whether that is rebuilding the pack and, and, and seeing that through, or, um, but just having some peace and some success. That's, that's my hope for them. Jake, dad, he has a lot of, a lot of good ones here. How is Jake still standing after finals and all the great beaver reporting that has been, he's been doing (laughs) like, seriously, Jake has been. So most of the time, my, my college writers don't really want to deal with any recruiting stuff. Jake does. Jake loves recruiting. So we're letting him do that. But then with all the coaching stuff, he's like, I got the hot boards. I mean, coming back from the civil war, <laughs> he's like typing, helping me do research on our coaching hot board and like,
1: yeah, that was a rough car ride back
0: <laughs> machine. And, it, but you helped so much because we got that thing up because you took half. I took half, got the research done. Amazing Jake. So is it just youthful energy or are you just going to sleep now for two weeks?
1: Uh, I'm going to crash out here. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to rest from December 20th after signing day until Christmas. And then I'm going to lock in.
0: Okay. it's gonna And then January looks to be busy too with recruiting. So, yeah. And then spring camp. It's just That's never true. ending, Jake. It's never ending.
1: Football, baseball starting up here. I know. Two See? months from the day, actually, I think.
0: Jake might be rethinking this whole beaver blitz. <laughs> We're trying to take care of him, guys. He does like Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll just say that. He does <laughs> like Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, okay. Let's move on. Okay. Bees fanatic one, two, three of the transfer portal commit so far. Who's going to make the biggest impact for the Bees next season?
1: Jacoby Thomas. Jacoby Thomas, his addition cannot be, uh, cannot be overstated. He is a great player. You know, he, he played against Alabama this year. He played against Missouri this year, two top 10 teams. And he was the best player on the field for middle to Tennessee. And he really held his own against really great players I'm excited to see what Trent Bray and Keith Hayward can get out of him
0: yeah I, th- he's my pick too I, I think he's and I think Van Wells could be a big addition yeah, as totally. well yeah Um, with all the decommits from our coaching change how many prep kids should we expect to join the Beavs on signing day kind of talked about this already I don't I think this early signing period on December 20th is, might be a little slow as far as prep signees, I expect the February um mm-hmm. what and that's February February
1: second. Second. Is it third? Fourth. It's somewhere in that range.
0: No, it's the seventh, I think. Oh,
1: seventh. Seventh
0: yes. February seventh is signing day. Um for for na- like that's the national signing day. So mm-hmm. I expect that one to be a little busier. Um we will see some signees mm-hmm. some signings on this coming Wednesday, but yeah. um it may not be Quite as crazy as we've expected in, in years past. Yeah. Um, uh, no. Oh, go this ahead.
1: Wednesday, this Wednesday, I'm expecting two to nine kids. Okay. Two nine high school kids assigned and then a one JUCO at the at the very minimum. Or potentially okay. a few more.
0: There you go. Two to nine preps and one or more JUCO. There yeah. you go. Um, and honestly, so the the. The guys the transfer portal guys don't sign anything so this is where oregon state actually this is where it gets a little interesting is oregon state needs to just hang on to these guys because mm-hmm. they don't sign anything you're basically just they commit and you're hoping they show up january 3rd or 2nd or whenever they're they reporting so january um, 8th <laughs> okay so that's it's there's time um so there's no binding agreements like the prep kids so um they're Hopefully not. Hopefully this is not a roller coaster and these guys are solid, but just just so you know, uh when you have portal kids, it's like, yeah, we're coming coach, and you just hope they show up. So, that's where we're at. Um Docman Green, yes, one or more Juco potential. So, we know of one. Might be a couple more. Um Let's see. Oh, um Noah 72 asks, what are your impressions on the QB search? Has there been legitimate interest in the portal?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that one of the top five quarterbacks available in the portal is taking an official visit kind of says that, you know, the talented kids are still looking at Oregon State. And I mean, Trent Brace said during his press conference that they're going to be aggressive. And I think through the two weeks he's been able to recruit, he's been very aggressive. You know, he's hauling in kids with SEC offer lists. He's going after a top five quarterback. Um, so there's definitely players interested and the coaching staff isn't shying away of going after the bigger names.
0: Yeah. Um Black Bandit says, With what you know about John Boyer, was that a win for us, or did you get the feeling he was never leaving?
1: I mean, I think it was a win. I mean, the players love him, at least the quarterbacks did um excited to see what he can do as a tight end coach as a recruiter because as an analyst you don't really get to recruit a whole lot but now he should be able to step in and I think it'll be interesting to see how he does in that role but um he is a great coach Uh, I thought he did a good job with Oregon State's quarterbacks over the last six years
0: yeah the the quarterbacks love him so Um, and it, it was not, he was not just planning to stay. Um, I know Michigan state wanted him to go, uh, with them. So, um, and that's what took, that's why he wasn't named in that initial group with Cofense and and Perkins. Um, but at the end of the day, he did stay um, at Oregon state. So let's see. Um, Do you think Matt Chiafone asked, um, he said, I'm not saying this is due to my past history of asking about Juco's because he usually asks about Juco D lineman. But do you think Ju- uh, Oregon State will hit the Juco's heavy or has the portal impacted Juco recruiting?
1: I think more of the Juco action we'll see will be um, in the February's hunting day. That's typically how it goes is the coaches get their high school guys. Um, but um, I, I know Oregon State does have one Juco. Juco player for sure signing on Wednesday. They are going after a few more guys. Um, I would expect to see the Juco action pick up more in um, January. Because yeah,
0: Some of those Juco guys you have to wait until their grades come out in December. Like, so
1: Tyree Sivey was a wait, yeah. Mason White was also a wait last year, Drake Vickers was a wait. Um, it's a ton of guys. I think Ryan Cooper was a winner guy. Um, so, um I would expect them to go after, you know, a, a JUCO wide out, uh, JUCO linebacker or two, JUCO defensive lineman potentially. Um, so I'd keep an eye on that um, over the next month and a half.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, we're not going to be done in February or December like we've been yeah. in the past. So um, it's going to be, um, Beaver Jim, what should we realistically expect from Wednesday signing day, early signing day?
1: it's uh, I think it'll be relatively quiet. As I said, two to 10 high school kids. And then at least one Juco guy, um, maybe a few more.
0: Oregon state may use that as a chance to announce the um, about the, um, the uh, transfers too. They may use that as a, um, and then Mr. G. Gray, now that the schedule is released, can you divulge any rumors of teams you heard that were in play and why they did not end up on the final schedule? I uh, Go ahead.
1: Utah was one. I remember that.
0: Yeah. So it was Virginia. Um, I, and I don't, I, I have not heard why they did not end up. I. Um, you know, honestly, I think when you sit and look back, if you are Virginia or Utah or, any of these schools, unless it's a, a like a body bag game, you you don't really want to play Oregon State because it doesn't do anything for you. It can just hurt you. Um, so I think there's some maybe scared, not scared, but um, I mean, if you're scheduling non-conference games, you're not scheduling someone that could potentially very real give you a loss. Um, and so I think there was some some question about that. But that's just kind of my own my own thinking there okay jake anything else it has been whirlwind crazy but uh, stick with jake and me and the rest of the beaver blitz um we will be back i i don't know if we'll do another pod before christmas so if not have a very great holiday um and like i said everything will be in the lodge at beaver blitz and um Stick with, make sure you're following at Hedberg Jake and at Angie Machado one for all the latest. Um, And thank you guys all for an amazing year. Um, 2023 um, has been an amazing year for Beaver Blitz and for the damn podcast. And uh, we look forward to much more fun and excitement in 2024. 2023 was a great year. I think I messed that up, but 2023 was a great year. We're looking for even more fun in 2024. So thank you for tuning in to the damn podcast and uh, look forward to, uh, like I said, even more and, uh, more and better content in 2024.